Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers Podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Hello, everyone. This is episode 135 of the Traveling Image Makers podcast with your host, Ugo Chey. My usual co-host, Ralph Velasco, is on a scouting trip in Costa Rica, so he cannot be with us today. Poor boy. Our guest this week uh, is calling us from Montreal, Canada, and his name is Patrick DeFruccia. And I know many of you already recognize his name because uh, he has quite a following online, he's, he's very popular, and deservedly so, because he does such great work. And uh, as uh, I can attest to this, the fact that his customers include companies such as National Geographic, Time Magazine, or The Wall Street Journal. And his work uh, is hanging in prestigious places like uh, the Caesars Palace in Las Vegas, or even the Smithsonian in Washington, D.C. This popularity hasn't changed him much, I guess, because he remains a, a great guy with a, with a big heart. And you can see so in uh, his willingness to, to help others and to be concerned about issues like conservation, especially the conservation of our natural forests. And indeed, his latest project is specifically about this issue here. It's all about trees. I don't want to, to say much because I just want to, to ask him and to let him explain this with his own words. So before um, introducing our guest, I'd just like to remind everyone that you can find this episode at ttim.photo forward slash 135. And if you leave us a review on iTunes, you can find a link there to access our show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher, Google Play and all the other applications that you can use. Uh, that would be very much appreciated. Likewise, if you want to, to share our show with everyone, just send them to ttim.photo. So without further ado, let me introduce our guest of today, Patrick DeFruccia. So welcome to the show, Patrick. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So where exactly are you? Uh, I'm located near Montreal in uh, Quebec, Canada, uh, kind of in the suburbs, about 45 minutes away from uh, Montreal, the city, the big city. Is it hot already there or is it still cool? I mean, you're... No, no, it's pretty hot. North. Actually, we're expecting about... Uh, uh, 36 degrees Celsius on uh, this weekend, plus with humidity, they say it's going to feel like 45 about. So it, like, it could be pretty hot as much as it could be pretty cold in the winter. We yeah. felt temperatures going all the way down to minus 40 in the winter. So we have both extremes, really. Wow. But yeah. you're used to, to hot weather. I mean, you, you travel a lot to tropical countries as well. Yeah, well, I guess it all it all depends how big of a switch it is from, you know, when you travel. If you're in the winter here and you end up plus 40 somewhere else, then it's a big, you know, you never get really get used to it. So you always need your body to uh, get used to it. So it takes a few days, but, you know, cold or hot, all the places, as long as it's beautiful, I'm, I'm all good for it. Good. Okay, so let's uh, get right into the main topic of our conversation today. Uh, I would like you to, to tell us about your Give Back to Nature project or 
we can call it the million trees project with that let's yeah, plant really a million trees it's a new project i started uh, called give back to nature and one of <clears throat> one of the first goal would be to plant a million tree you know ge generate enough uh, interest in people to actually have the capacity to plant a million trees in places that were ravaged by deforestation so in countries like uh, Nepal, Indonesia, Madagascar, you know, these type of countries, and at the same time, give work to the villagers in these countries to plant the trees. So it's not only about planting trees, but it's also about helping the communities. Uh, the way it all started really is uh, I got approached by a company called Ten Tree. Uh, the way they work is they, they're in a, an apparel company, so they do plant, uh, plant, plant trees, sorry, but they plant 10 trees every time they sell a t-shirt or a cap or a, you know, piece of clothing. So I started doing work with them and then I contacted the owner saying, well, it would be nice if I could do something similar with my photography. Whenever I sell a piece of art, an amount of trees would be planted. And the way it actually happened is the owner told me, said, well, you know, you, we deal with that company and he kind of referred me to a company called Eden Projects which is located in California, which I contacted them and we got along real great. We started talking about different projects and also they were telling me they needed a photographer to take pictures of their plantations and when they go to different countries, to the communities, etc. So, you know, we actually quit, really clicked on the first time and then uh, they asked me if I wanted to go with them in Indonesia, which I just came back from. So I accepted, of course, I went there, took pictures of the, this was really different from the type of pictures I usually take, which is landscape and nature strictly. But uh, I really fell in love with the entire project. I fell in love with the communities over there, with what Eden Projects is doing. And hopefully I'll get to travel to some other places where they plant trees in order to uh, capture that. So, yes. so the, yeah, go ahead. Well, Ah, okay. Um, I wanted to ask, what are the, the benefits of this, uh, of, of planting a million trees? I mean, uh, it's, it's pretty obvious, but I would like to hear it from your own words. And especially, who is going to benefit from these trees? Yeah, well, li like I said, you know, it's not only about planting trees, it's about helping the communities. So at the same time, you know, there's a big problem with deforestation. But if you want people to stop doing it, you also have to offer an alternative in terms of work. And so one of the alternatives is also to have the villagers plant the trees and they get paid planting the trees. So of course we all benefit from more trees on the planet. It's not only about planting trees in my country, but it's planting trees where anywhere where actually it can make a difference to the people living there and to the ecosystem of the entire planet. Uh, my goal of planting a million tree at first when I started it and I created it, it's one reason because it's fun and you know, I really enjoy my work, what I do. But I also thought that, you know, I need to do something to give back in some sort of way. I'm fortunate enough to travel to some of the most beautiful places on earth and see all these places, but how can I make sure to protect our planet in some sort of way, how to give back to nature. That's why I called it Give Back to Nature, because I really wanted to find a way to really do more than just taking photography and 
be proud of the type of pictures I take and, you know, like the comments people tell me and when you sell a piece, stuff like that. I kind of felt a void inside of me that I needed to do more, a calling to do more and to do something good for for our planet again. So this is why I started the, the project. I think uh, re really if I inspire people to get involved with the project or if I inspire other photographers to do the same and starting their own project, we're all going to benefit from that. I think it's really important for us to get involved in something we believe in, even if it's helping people out, uh, helping nature, cleaning the ocean, anything, we need to find a way to give back as a, you know, especially that we we're fortunate as photographers to see these places. It, it's kind of pretty important to, uh, to show that we care more than just an ego thing that, uh, look at my pictures, I'm a good photographer and et cetera. So that's kind of what brought me to create the project. It's kind of maybe a bit of a selfish reason in a good way. I mean, okay, you want to preserve those uh, nature to be able yeah. to, to photograph it. With that. There's nothing wrong in that. It's a uh, uh, good selfishness, I would say. Well, well it, it depends. You know, the way I see it, and even now with the project, I'm still, I don't know if you could call it selfishness, but I still feel like I could do more. Yeah. You know? Uh I could find a way of of doing more to to help out, and I guess it all depends how people look at it. I know how the way I feel about it towards it, the way I feel about the project, and it also gives a meaning to my entire career. It gives a meaning that I could tie everything up together. And again, I'm not only traveling to these places, but I'm every time I'm doing something now. There, there's going to be. A, a, an amount of money that's going to go towards that project in order to make it flourish and keep going. Yeah. Uh, a million trees sounds like a, a large number, but when you, you think about it and you start making calculations on how much surface would a million trees actually occupy, it turns out that it's a quite small patch of land, I think. And I was reading some... Uh, it's a small batch, and it is also a very large number. The reason yeah. why I chose a million tree is I decided to put a number that when I actually started the project, I, to be honest with you, I said, I got, you know, I got to give a number that for me, it's unattainable, and then do whatever it takes to make it happen. Yeah, I think it's great to, to set a goal. For anything you do right so, yeah. so set a goal no matter set, how small or big and set a goal higher than you think you yes. can accomplish 10 times and, higher some people say <laughs> yeah that's it always aim as high as you can and then you know do whatever it takes you know try to get projects going with as many people as you can like doing this interview with you will also help in some way and you know I don't know how long it's going to take. And I got also future plans for the Give Back to Nature project that when I reach the million, because I will reach, I don't know how long it's going to take it, but I will reach the million. I also have other segments that will come into play afterwards. And then people will still have the ability to, uh, to contribute to that project and bring it higher. But uh, I got so many ideas and uh, a lot of interest also from different people to get involved. So that's very, very promising. Yeah, I wanted to, to put an accent on, on the specific number and uh, how, how big it is because uh, I was reading some, some news today about how many trees are actually cut down every day, how many 
square miles or kilometers or forest are cleared every day. And it, it actually made me obvious that, I mean, a million trees is just the start. I wouldn't oh, want people to think that we, we have, we got a million trees and now we're done. We're finished. No, uh, we, we got, we need more, many more people like you in order yeah, to, to make a, a dent in, uh, in, in the deforestation and destruction of nature, I think. So, oh yeah, like a big time. It's, it's kind of like, uh, like I said, cleaning up the ocean is the same planting a million trees. You know, it's kind of seems a lot when you, you, you think about it, like you said, but at the end, when you start looking into it, it's tiny, tiny. But if, if I could inspire people to do the same kind of gesture, or contribute or become partners with me and then let's work together to build it uh, bigger. Uh, that's the number one goal is really not the million tree, but to see how many times you can make people conscious about the whole problem. Yeah, I hope uh, we can somewhat contribute in sharing the uh, awareness about these two. To, yeah. to have other people maybe who want to, to launch something similar. We actually had uh, Daniel Kanda Silva a few episodes ago, who has a similar project about reforestation in Indonesia and okay. protecting the orangutans and so on. So I'm, I'm happy that we, with our little audience, contribute a little, a little bit, uh, a little bit to this. I, uh, I think the audience is, is too little. I think even talking to one person could make mm -hmm. a big, big difference. So, you know, again, I really appreciate the time you take uh, to interview me here and uh, really means a lot. And we'll do what it takes to uh, reach the million and even 10 million if we have to and or 100 million. I don't know where this is going to lead, but even so far, the project's been has been online now and I've been I started like uh, promoting it for about, you know, a bit, uh, maybe a little bit over uh, two months now, and I've reached 50,000 trees already, which is like very promising for me. And I know that everything will escalate and snowball yeah. because more and more people want to get involved. I'm still at the development stage, which at one point I wanted to wait and wait before I launched the entire project. And, I, you know, I just decided to launch it and perfect it. But, the, you know, you got to put it out there as fast as you can so people hear about it and people get to contribute, you know, to bring the numbers up. So, And I think the main way that people can contribute, of course, is you're going to donate a part of your uh, proceedings from the tours that you do or other products to, towards this project. But there are other ways that people can contribute. Yeah, well, I, and you know, I'm sending out a whole bunch of ways that people can contribute. Like you said, you know, whenever I do a tours, uh, the different photo tours, uh, there's a, an amount of trees that's going to get planted per participant. Also, I offer online consultation. Also, an amount of tree goes uh, gets planted per consultation. If I sell prints, uh, if I sell uh, fine art pieces, uh, I also created a logo for the project. Uh, so people that maybe don't have the funds to join me on a tour or buy a fine art piece, then they could also contribute in a way like buying a T-shirt, buying a cup or if you want you could also contribute strictly by planting trees that you contribute an amount that will help plant the trees and also keep the project sustainable because of course with that and all the amount of work you put into a project like this and you know hundreds of hours to set up the website to do the project it has to be sustainable in a way so yeah. all this is going to help contribute the the project to last and help us 
kind of reach the one million tree planted mark. I perceive that there might be some tension here. Uh, the way that we as photographers, and um, we are discussing before the before we started the recording about yeah. the, the pictures that we that we have on our walls. Yeah, you, you were you saw the pictures that I have on my wall, yeah. and I see the picture that you have behind your back. And while it's not uh, a forest scene, it's still a beautiful picture of nature. It's yeah. it's beautiful nature. It's what we do, right? It's our exactly. trade. We we take f photographs of beautiful nature uh, because people want to buy photos of beautiful nature. People would yeah. probably not want to buy photos of a barren wasteland. Uh, yeah, with, exactly. Uh, dead monkeys in it, right? So uh, th there could be a bit of attention because it's important for, I think, for us to raise awareness about the problems yep. of uh, destruction of nature and deforestation. And at the same time, we cannot sell really those pictures as fine art. So how do you balance this tension if you do? Well, I think like obviously, you know, the, when I travel, I seek the, you know, like the, the most beautiful places in order to capture it. Because exactly like you said, most people don't want to put fine art in their houses or offices that are that are depressing. They want to put something that uplifts them so, you know, they get more motivation by looking at them, etc. But by going with uh, the uh, Eden projects in Indonesia a month ago, uh, I took a whole sorts of different pictures. I took, you know, pr uh, pictures of places that were actually ravaged by deforestation. I took pictures of places that, you know, where they actually cut down the entire rainforest to plant palm tree for palm oil, to create palm oil, which you know, kind of leads also to uh, what's going on with the orangutans. So it kind of opens up a, a different, completely different view on, on the world. Because, yes, usually if we travel, we seek all the best places. We go A, B, C, D, E, and then we capture all the best locations from that, uh, the best uh, landscapes from that location. But by doing a project like that and trying to get involved as much as I can and go to all the other places, then you get to see, you don't get to see the most beautiful places in Indonesia. You get to see the places that were ravaged by deforestation. You get to see the villagers, the way they work in. And it opens up a completely different way. Now, the way I kind of like vision all this is maybe not creating fine art and a large piece from it, but, you know, a book could be easily created. Uh, you know, to, so people get aware of all this or just want, when, you know, do a few posts on social media and show the real truth. You could show this is what people see. You know, you show a beautiful landscape. People imagine Indonesia to be. But really, this is what's going on also. So just at the same time, you educate people that there is all these sorts of things happening. And it's, for me, this new project is something new. And, you know, I see it evolving. And the more I do these kind of trips, the more, you know, I, I believe that ideas will come to mind in order to how to push that in the public in a good way to inspire them to contribute, to inspire them to get involved or start their own project or do something about it in order for us maybe in 200 years from now to still have a planet with beautiful nature for our grandchildren to see, etc. Okay, where can people find more about this project and, and contribute to it? What's the main website? Well, the main website is pretty easy to remember. It's www.givebacktonature.com. So that's that's easy enough. And I, you know, they created a website that is 
targeted specifically for the project itself. Uh, is there anything that you would like to, to say to our audience to, to encourage them to, to contribute? Well, you know, uh, as much as I would love everyone to go on my on the Give Back to Nature website and contribute, you know, I think that the important message here is contribute any which way you can in something you believe in, but contribute in doing good. You know, if nature touches you and you'd like to contribute to the Give Back to Nature page and get a T-shirt, etc., or you contribute in a bigger way, you know, that, that would be fantastic. But if actually you're more, you know, you got something more towards uh, the ocean or you have something more helping elderly people, helping communities in other countries, find a way to contribute and do good, to give back. Kind of like they say, pay it forward. You know, do something back. And you quickly realize that giving, you know, gives you a lot more, makes you feel good, gives you more happiness than, than receiving. Right. So the, the only, my, my main message here is I think that every one of us that is fortunate to live where we live should find ways to, to give something back in hospitals as, you know, being, uh, uh, helping out the people as, uh, uh the, like the, the children, etc. or, you know, get, get ready with a, a project. I know this is all sounded bad. You probably want to cut it, but I mean, uh, this is my main, my, my main thing is to find a way that to contribute in your own way that makes you feel good, something that touches you. Okay, so it's www.givebacktonature.com and we'll put a link in the, in the show notes for this. Perfect, and, thank you. And now I would like to ask you more about yourself, about your photography. Uh, yep. As a personal kind of set of personal questions that I, that I wanted to ask you. Okay. And uh, I would like, first of all, I would like to ask you to tell us about the moment when you decided to become a nature photographer. Well, the way, the way it all started it is uh, I used to work for a supplement company and uh, the owner of the, uh, the company got tired of paying professionals to take pictures of his products and the athletes he sponsored. So he gave me his credit card and he told me, go get a camera, learn how to use it because I'm not spending that amount, that kind of money anymore. So at first I thought it was pretty absurd. I said, you know, this is a career. It's either, you know, you have to be really good at it. You got to be artistic. And, but I still, you know, took the challenge and say, well, let's see what I can do. And I went, I purchased a camera back then, an old Minolta camera, uh, shooting slide films. And I started reading books. I started, uh, you know, magazine, getting involved in magazine. Back then, the internet wasn't as big as it is today. So I didn't have all the, the resources that people have with YouTube and et cetera. So, and I started shooting pictures of any, like pretty much everything I could think of, uh, you know, uh, cities and uh, nature, et cetera. But more and more, one day uh, I, I went on a road trip and I took pictures of nature. The entire road trip was in the nature I, towards Gaspésie, Quebec. And, uh, you know, when I got back and I got all my films developed and I saw the images and remembered the way I felt while I was hiking up those mountains and shooting nature, there was like some sort of a small flame that lit up inside of me saying, that's what you need to do. That's, you know, that really... This is what makes you feel good. This is what makes you feel alive. You don't see time go by. You just feel amazing doing it. And then more and more, I kind of 
went towards shooting strictly nature and landscapes. And at the moment you decided to go full-time as a photographer, what were your feelings? Do you tell yourself, oh my God, what I have done, or this is great? <laughs> no, no, well, I guess, I guess it's pretty much unanimous when you talk to a lot of uh, photographers. Uh, whenever we decide to do the jump and live entirely out of our craft, it's a pretty stressful decision. You don't have a steady income that keeps coming in. Uh, you always have to be uh, to create projects. You always have to, you know, make sure that you contact as many people as you can, get your art as much as you can seen by people. Uh, so it's yes, it is a constant battle. Even even today, you know, every month it's you. You always have to strive to create new things, to be different, to bring bring something. Because nowadays, you know, there is thousands of amazing photographers out there. Uh, even more now with uh, with Instagram coming in, there's so many, many good people out there, good photographers trying really hard to make a living out of it. And I think as, a, as an artist, we have to become more than just a photographer and take pretty pictures. It's almost like a musician or a band. You, you have to brand yourself. You almost have to become a brand that people kind of connect with you. Because the way you think, because the way you are, because the type of pictures you take, because what you get involved in, and all this together makes uh, you could kind you can create a niche of people that would actually connect with you because of that. Because if you strictly focus on photography, you could be like really really good at it. But I mean, there's this is my opinion. There's a level at one point that every everyone on the same level becomes diluted. Mm -hmm. There's like there's so much that you need to bring more in order to make a living out of it. Some people focus on creating amazing photography tours at the same time as creating amazing images. And then also when they do it, they meet, uh, you know, they, they create great connections with their clients. They make a good living out of it. Uh, I know like there's different ways of doing it, but, uh, as an artist, again, I think that you have to be more than just a photographer. You got to be, you got to find different ways of showcasing yourself. And of course, you got to be a, a good businessman or business person. Yeah, well, this and this is a, a, a really tricky part for most photographers because, you know, it's a lot of artists. The reason why there's the common thing saying a starving artist is artists think from the heart. They're really emotional. They think from the heart. And sometimes in business, it's not always the best thing to do. You know, I know I'm extremely emotional and I got businessmen telling me, Pat, you got to stop giving. You got to stop giving. You got to find ways to create more income doing this, that you're not making enough. You got to do this. And but it's in our nature to be like that. I think also the reason we're like that is the it, it helps us create the images we do because we are emotional beings, because we kind of connect with with the landscape and we create great pictures. For sure, I think the probably the best scenario would be if someone would be 50-50, you know, like really a good businessman and also a good photographer. Don't have to be top, but a really good photographer and a really good businessman, that would be the best scenario. I think me, I'm leaning more towards like, you know, I got a lot of emotion. I get involved in a lot of things sometimes. The last thing I think about is money. I always think about the way I feel. Well, if you can and, delegate that, that's, uh, I suppose that's a good thing. Yeah, well, that's why I think a lot of artists have agents, yeah. you know, because the agent is the business mind and then the artist is the emotional uh, aspect of it. 
but uh, yeah, so if you have 50-50, you know, that's the best recipe that you, you can have to, uh, to really be successful. If you don't have 50-50 and you're like me and you're more emotional, well, then you got to push, you got to push, you got to create projects and you always have to be in people's mind, you know, you always have to create stuff so people know you're there. So it's, now, it's let, a lot of work, but definitely worth it. Yeah. Let, let's just imagine that uh, because of what you said, more and more people are entering the world of photography. Cameras nowadays are getting better and better. It's really hard to shoot a badly exposed picture with a camera, with a modern camera. Yeah. And I was reading even an ad today about some, some AI software that would make it really possible to post-process your photos with a snap, right? So uh, all those tools would make it maybe in a few years, if it's not already happening now, make possible for everyone to create photography that would compete to the one that we create. Uh, we've invested a lot of time and money on this. So let's just imagine that we cannot yep. make a living with photography anymore, just for the sake of argument. I'm not saying <laughs> that's going to happen. Uh, what, yeah. what would you be doing? What would you be doing if you were not a photographer? Well, hopefully by that time I'll be dead. You know, <laughs> yeah. hopefully that's going to happen <laughs> in like 50 years from now. But, but, but I mean, uh, I don't know, like I've, I've also really like enjoyed and the more, I don't know, like if you've been following me on social media and mm -hmm. stuff, but I love to help people out into believing in themselves, uh, be a, you know, in a positive side also of things that everyone's going through a battle inside their head. Everyone's got a lot of issues. Everyone's got a lot of self doubt. You know, can I make it? Am I good enough? Uh, my pictures are good enough. They kind of also uh, evaluate their work according to the amount of likes they have on social media, which is really, really wrong because we all know that now Facebook filters everything. We all know that some, you know, if you don't have a big, a big uh, amount of followers, then you think your pictures are not good, but that's not the case. So many people come up to me and they feel discouraged saying, what should I do? You know, my pictures are not, you know, they're not good. And I look at their stuff and their pictures are amazing. You know, they just, they need confidence. They need to believe in themselves. They need to be in a creative way. All this puts us not in a creative way, puts us puts us in a defensive way where we're always on the defense trying to wonder if we're good enough and, you know, uh, judging ourselves. So I also really love to inspire people into believing more in themselves. And so that would be probably a direction that I would take, you know, with my photographies at the same time, keep doing pictures, but also kind of do seminars where you could tell a story and be, be truthful to the people on on the whole business aspect of it. That a lot of people look at me on social media and most people think, oh my God, this guy's living the life. Look at it, he's over there, he knows he's over there. There's a lot of stuff that people don't show, obviously, a bit like what you said before about fine art. People show the beautiful pictures, but you know, people not, they, they might not want to see an, uh, an area that was ravaged by deforestation well, this is the same thing that might happen to us artists is there's a lot of beautiful things you see, but there's also a big battle going on in order to always, you know, strive to get the best images possible, to be at the best place at the right time uh, in order to make ends meet, you know, like just make sure that there's enough income coming in. Because as much as sometimes we get lucky and the income is good, 
since it's not a constant revenue, then sometimes you need to fight harder in order to make, you know, the end of the month and et cetera. So to kind of like motivate people to believe and do what they really want to do, like something like that. I would go towards helping people out. A motivational speaker, you could say. Yeah, well, maybe, you know, maybe <laughs> something like that. Maybe uh, something with also the Give Back to Nature project. Start a project to help, you know, our nature, our oceans, uh, our animals. So something like that. Cool. And of course, this podcast is all about the travel photography. So we didn't really talk about travel specifically, but it's still great. I mean, we, we don't only talk about travel, but I would like to at least spend a few minutes that we have left here to uh, to ask you a few questions about travel, because, you know, I know you do travel to, to some exciting destinations. So my first question is, uh, if you could leave tomorrow and money was not an issue, so you could spend any money you wanted. You have no no obligations. Is there a country or place that you haven't seen yet that you would travel to? Well, uh, I think you know if money was not a uh, an issue here, and as as funny as it may seem, my own country, Canada, which you know when you go up north to Nunavut and Northwest Territory, there's so like so much nature and amazing landscape that not a lot of people have seen these are hidden jewels of canada that it's extremely expensive to travel there it's not easy to get to these regions there's like that nobody lives there uh so this would probably be something that i would really love to do and i i have like i've been having a project in the back of my head for like a, a while now but it does require a lot of money in order to make that project go but it's really to show the people, how beautiful Canada is, but not go to Banff and Lake Louise. We all know it's beautiful. It's easy access. Everyone has seen it. But there's some places as amazing and and even probably even more beautiful up north Labrador, Nunavut and mm -hmm. all these places. So that would be an area that I would really, really love to, uh, to travel to. And conversely, of all the places you have already been to, which one would you go back tomorrow if you could and why? Oof, this is, a, you know, this is, a, it's, it's a hard one because the way, I, I honestly think that all the places have, have such amazing things to, to see and, and beautiful nature. All the places I've been, I've been mind blown by the, the stuff I've, I've seen. And I try as much as I can not to compare one to another because the minute I start comparing, I, I also start not liking one as much as I like the other. So what I love to do as much as I can, and even him uh, uh, here, I mean, uh, I would go to a small park here and then try to notice all the beautiful things that are like, uh, you know, on the ground and then see the trees and the flowers and focus on that. And so it's, it, it's hard because if I'm in Jordan and I'm, I'm in Wadi Rum, the desert, I'm not gonna compare it to Iceland because it's it's just as amazing but it, it's in a, in its own way mm. so uh it's hard for me to say that i would because all the places i've been i would go back tomorrow in an instant because mm. most of the time you go to a, a country you're there for like maybe two three weeks you come back you haven't seen the country in two three weeks you've seen like a tiny tiny little fraction of it but then we get to 
usually we tend to want to go to countries we haven't been just to have that tick mark beside but really you haven't really explored that country you just it's i don't know if it's a maybe an ego thing to say yeah i've been here and i've been there and i've been there and then the, the, as many countries that you can stay you feel better but i've been to norway maybe now i think five six times and every time i go i'm amazed and i'm never sad to go back because i've been there already such an amazing country and i think all countries are like that there's so much to see everywhere that the minute i get to travel and i could start taking pictures uh, i just love it yeah don't so, tell me i mean i just uh, discovered some parts of italy that i had basically never been to so <laughs> oh yeah well just i've been to the dolomites recently and and it would take a lifetime to explore the dolomites i know you, you were with ken right we were yeah yeah he, went with uh, he told me about that little misadventure that he had with the rental car up there <laughs> yeah it was fun you know but the way i see it is if everything is perfect you know there's no stories there's there's no life experience it's everything is too perfect so it's fun whenever there's something that happens, you know, you got to see the good side of it. And uh, we had, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure now Ken, when he talks about it, he's got a good laugh about it. But, you know, yes, sometimes when it happens on the moment, you're not actually smiling. But it was a great adventure. And uh, uh, I'm lucky enough to travel with Ken this year. I think we'll have five trips together. So because uh, the Discovery Photo Tours. Ken's company with him now. I'm going in Tanzania in September. There's also the Jordan tour coming up in uh, October, I think, and Myanmar in December. So I'll be traveling with Ken. We're, we're, we became great friends because of photography. That's also something I really love about travel photography is you meet people and you have almost like an instant connection with them. For those who are listening who have not, uh, got that episode was episode 125 with Ken Kamineski where he told the story of his your little disadventure in, with the rental car in the Dolomites. So, oh, you say he, he told you guys the entire story. Uh, I need to told the bit. I, I don't know. I, I think it was the entire story of the <laughs> flat tire with the car having no spare tire and being stranded in a in a hut in the Dolomites or something like that. But that's episode 125, so people yeah. can can check it and uh, listen to the story from the the voice of Ken. <laughs> All right. So uh, one more question would be, do you have uh, maybe one suggestion or more, if you like, to give to aspiring nature and travel photographers? What do you think is really important? Uh, I think is, you know, I think for anyone in any business, I know it might not be related to travel photographer, but, you know, I, um, I'm speaking for myself. The number one thing you need and, you know, and not only in travel photography, but in anything is learn to control your thoughts because it could be so it's so easy to think that you're not good enough, that you don't have what it takes, that you're too old. It's so easy to be discouraged about comparing yourself with the work you see out there. Also, uh, that what I would say is if this makes you feel alive and you know deep inside that it's something you want to do, do whatever it takes to make it happen. Is it going to be painful? Is it going to be hard? Is it going to be? Uh, uh, yes, it will. Is it worth it? Oh, yes, it will. It is. It is like really, really worth it. When you end up sitting in, uh, in Petra, you know, with a full moon by yourself, 
there's these are life experience that you don't get to live. No. These are stuff that you remember on your deathbed. These are amazing experiences that even now talking about it, I get I get shivers. Uh, all the moments that I could think about that makes me forget all the hard work I put in and even the hard work I put in today. And, and it's a constant. You, you don't don't think that you you know, you're going to hit it big and then after it's, it's just going to surf along. No, there's always competition out there. There's a lot of people that are really good and they're as hungry as you are. So just keep focus and keep working towards it. And, you know, I, I'm guaranteed that you'll have, you know, an amazing life full of beautiful memories. Well, you know, uh, that, that's, that's really funny because just when, when was that? Three days ago, exactly. I was in, in Chicago at the Out of Chicago Photography Conference and I was giving a talk. And by the way, the title of the talk was Better Living Through Photography. And pretty much half of the talk was about the same things that you said. Oh, yeah. About that you should not listen to those people or even the voices in your head that tell you that you have no talent, that you're not good enough, that you will never amount to anything at all. Just keep believing in yourself, put in the work and the, the results that, that will come. So uh, we, we should probably open up a motivational speaking business together. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that would be great, you know. Maybe yeah. it would be Maybe we'd be even more successful doing that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, like you said, you know, it's a constant battle, constant, constant battle. You know, I want people to know that, you know, for those that, that have been following me, even for myself, you know, it's that you, you can never learn to to completely control these thoughts, but you can learn to push them away when they appear. Yeah. So uh, and it takes a lot of practice. But it, it's doable. Did, did you read the, the War of Art by Stephen Pressfield? No. Nope. Oh, you should. I, I'm, I'll take a note and I'll read it. It's, it's, all, it's all about those concepts, about this concept. He calls it the resistance, which is this nagging voice in your head that tells you that you're not good enough, that you should just give up and do something else. And, and you need to fight it constantly. The life of an artist, according to him, is a constant battle to defeat exactly. the resistance. Yeah, right. well, the, the fact that we're, we're, we're probably more emotional than a lot of people because that's why we're artists, you know. And by being more emotional, sometimes we hit, we hit lows, you know. We don't feel that good. We're, we're questioning ourselves. But we have to remember that the fact that we could hit these lows that makes us feel like down on ourselves also makes, gives us the ability to feel high and truly, fully enjoy when we travel, when we take photography, when we do our stuff. The, the fact that we're emotional like that makes us create the art we're creating. And it's very important to, to remember that when you feel low, that, you know, the fact that you could feel so low also helps you feel extremely high and produce beautiful things so it's it's part of it yeah and it's not permanent so it's 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 only a question of knowing what it uh, when it appears know how to deal with it and then keep pushing forward and slowly it dissolves and then something great happens and that's the way it is absolutely uh, one more question is uh, that sometimes i ask my guests and it's a kind of a thought-provoking question and it is what drives you crazy what drives me crazy? Uh, I think I think 
people with no respect, people that that think they're the center of the uh, of the world. As much as you need to believe in yourself, I think it's very important to care for others. So if I see like uh, someone that has no care, that has no empathy, uh, people that uh, you know can hurt children, hurt animals, that drives me crazy. You know, so it's basically this, I would say this is the number one thing that drives me crazy is when I see all the bad thing that's going on in the world. It's hard for me to judge because, uh, you know, it's you haven't lived the life that these people live. So it's easy to point the finger when you haven't been in that person's shoes, you know, like they, but uh, I think there's also something deep inside of us that knows if it's right or wrong what we're doing. We all have that. And the people that still do it and keep doing it, this really kind of drives me crazy. But I try to push it away, not focus on it. No, and no. Don't yeah. focus on the negatives, focus on the positives. Yeah. If you can. That's <laughs> yeah, that's it. If you can, as much as you can. So, you know, if you have people like that in your, in, in your life, put them away. These are toxic people that they, they only want to bring you down with them. They're not helping you be a better person they're not helping you uh you know uh move on in life and then just you know, with your projects etc so the people that are toxic that, that's one thing also sometimes it could be close friends so i know that sometimes it can also be families that you know they keep some sometimes they don't even want to arm you but by saying these words it brings you down again like we're talking about and then you get less productive you start believing them so as much as you can, if you see that people are not kind of feeding your flame, you know, slowly push them away. I learned something uh, that is that uh, the people who don't support you, the people that uh, try to convince you that maybe you're okay, I want to go into photography full time, or I want to, to travel full time, or I want to help the world by planting a million trees. And they, they think they might be trying to, to protect you, but they're actually trying to in, subconsciously to protect themselves. Yeah. Because they, they see you changing and they're attached to their, the image that they have of you and they see that you changing as a, as a threat. I'm not saying this is, this is conscious, this is not voluntary, this is totally no, no, subconscious, but this exactly. is what happens. Yeah. All right, so uh, we're up to, coming up to our, uh, uh, end here. We're about to wrap up. I just want to ask you if you have any uh, travels coming up, going to any cool places soon? Uh, well, actually, uh, just got confirmation with, again, Discovery Photo Tours that I'm going in Tanzania uh, in September. I'm also going to go to Jordan in October and Myanmar in December. Uh, in between that, I love to do uh, small road trips around Quebec. There's a lot of beautiful national parks here. And uh, that project of, uh, you know, going through Canada, the entire country and capturing amazing landscape, hidden jewels. This is also in the back of my mind. Not sure if it, that's going to happen this year. It all depends on the amount of time. But uh, these are the trips that I've booked and planned for now. Good. Finally, where can people find about you online? Well, they could uh, find out on my website, which is defruciaphotography.com. And also, again, the Give Back to Nature project, which is givebacktonature.com. Okay, we'll put link to all of those on uh, on our uh, show notes. Uh, and of course, I, I guess, uh, you know, I, I know you're active on, on Facebook and other platforms as well. Just people can uh, Google your name. It's not really 
uh, yeah, it, common, it, it, so it's pretty unique, I guess. You're easy to find. Spell it, which is D-I-F-R-U-S-C-I-A. Okay, good. So um, now we're really at the end of this. I would really like to, to thank you for your time. I think we had an awesome conversation. We were able to transcend uh, the photography on the pure photography we talked about uh, preserving and restoring nature nature, and uh, even uh, motivating ourselves to, to do yeah. better uh, for ourselves and for the others. So thank you very exactly. much for this. And thank uh, you so much for having me. Really, I, hope we'll, uh, I hope our paths will cross one day. Until then, uh, take care. Yeah, I'm, I'm, let's make it happen in a beautiful place where we could be in our in our zone, you know, taking the pictures and uh, enjoying nature. Absolutely. Come to Italy anytime and let me know. Oh, I'll, yeah. I'll show you my favorite places. <laughs> I still need to see a bit of Canada. I've only seen Toronto. That <laughs> that, awesome. that's, that's a little bit of Canada I've seen, Toronto. <laughs> I need yeah, to see more. Pretty big. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty big. I know. Yeah. All right. Have a nice okay, day. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. So Oh my, what a great episode we had this week. Such, a, such an interesting guest. And I absolutely loved every minute of it. And, and I mean, this is why we do this show. And especially it is to uh, have the chance to meet people that have such big ideas and the opportunity to share them is invaluable for us. And I hope you will agree with us on this. Anyway, that's, uh, that's it for this week. We'll see you again next week. Before closing, I just want to remind you that you can find everything about me at ucphoto.me. And as for my co-host, Ralph Velasco, who will be back soon, uh, you can find him at photoenrichment.com. And uh, now that's really all. Let's get out and shoot. <laughs> <laughs>